So let me get this straight, Jack. Let me get this straight. This was all, all for nothing. All for nothing. What, what the fuck happened? Tell, tell me, what, if I'm understanding this correctly, this was all one big waste of time. Am I painting a clear picture here? Is, is that what happened? Bro, yeah, man. We won another uh, minority government instead of a majority. So nothing happened. Nothing happened. Back to square one. Back to the blank slate. Basically. Waste of time. We, we wasted our time. Because we're back, we're back to step A of the drawing board. Liberals were the minority government coming into this election. It was a gamble. Yes, it was always a gamble. They went for it. They wanted to win the majority government. But we're back. We're back at where we started. And, and at the end of the day, you guys failed. You guys wasted $600 million running a three-week campaign, which resulted in nothing. Uh, honestly, they shouldn't have even made the election, you know? It's a waste of time. That's right. That's right, man. Jack, it's one thing to waste $600 million on, a, on an election, but, you know, when you're wasting our time, come on. Here we are talking about it on a podcast, analyzing every party, talking about their, their different platforms. Mm-mm-mm. Back to square one. Did you want to disclose who you voted for? Uh, if you disclose it, I will, Gavin. Liberal. L- liberal, man. Liberal. But they're... But just, they're not good enough. No, they're not good enough. They're not. They're, and you wasted my fucking time. I wish I could go back in time and check something else. Just like, don't waste my time. Well, you know, uh, as conservatives really hate the Chinese. So, you know, we got to vote for the liberals, man. Like, in our area, basically, he lost all the Asian votes, you know? Yeah, our area is history. Liberal, right? we, we won liberal, our area. No, but, yeah, but before, like, like this election and prior to all that, it's always been conservative, our area. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, conservatives talk sh- so much shit about China or like Asia in general or China in general, sorry, that he lost a whole bunch of votes and liberals end up winning. Like it's well, always been a know, conservative area, our area. I, I guess, I guess that's the one thing that changed. That's a $600 million change. Markham, our area in Markham went from blue to red. Sure. Let's start the show. Wait, are you, are, are, wait, 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 Gavin, are you considered our area? Markham? Who, who, is, your Markham in general? who is your guy? Who is your guy? No, but guy? it's not Markham. What, east of McCown Road is different. I voted from my old address. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Here, trying to disclose my location here. This this fucking guy. All right. You ready to start the show? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) You're listening to DIU Podcast, Daily Issues Uncovered. My name's Gavin. I'm joined by my co-host, liberal supporter, Jaxie. What's up? And a happy mid-autumn festival to all our listeners. Happy Mid-Autumn Festival. You celebrating? Did you celebrate? You know, just eat, uh, have a good time, eat some mooncakes or uh, pineapple cakes if you're in Taiwan, you know? There you go. There you go. Can you, 
for the listeners who might not be familiar with Mid Autumn Festival, what what is what is this festival? You know, like what is Mid Autumn Festival? Well, you know, Mid Autumn Festival is a festival where we when the moon is the most round. Is, is that the right word? Full. Well, a moon is full once a month, but it's a festival which goes back like thousands of years. It's it's in celebration. It's like praying to the moon essentially for a bountiful harvest. Don't know too much about the details, but essentially we eat we eat mooncakes and if I correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's basically the second biggest holiday at least in China behind Chinese New Year. Uh I would say so. I would say so, correct. But there is a story behind it and I'm ready to read that story to you, Gavin, of how this holiday came to be. The most popular one. There's different stories, but the most popular one, okay? Educate us. Educate us, please. The story goes like this. So there's this FYI, I didn't make the story up. This is a story that's been passed down for generations and generations and generations, okay? Did your did your parents tell you this story? No, they didn't. Damn, come on. Skip the generation. All okay. right. The internet. The internet passed down the story. The story goes like this, okay? So, Hao Yi was an excellent archer. Zheng Yi, or Zheng something, was his wife. Some fucking Chinese name. It's not in Chinese, but it's in English. Uh, long, long ago, there were 10 suns in the sky. The suns burnt all the plants on earth. People were dying. One day, Hao Yi used his bow and arrows to shoot down nine of them. All the people on earth were saved. The queen mother of the West gave Hao Yi a bottle of elixir that could make him immortal. But the elixir was only for one person. Although Hao Yi did want to become immortal, he wanted to stay with Zheng Yi more. Therefore, he didn't drink the elixir and asked Zheng Yi to keep it safe for him. How Yi became more and more famous after he shot down the Nine Sons. People wanted him to be their master, and most of them were accepted by Hao Yi. Not every student of Hao Yi had a good morality. Hang Ming, one such student, wanted to seize his elixir. One day, Hao Yi went hunting with his students. But Pang Ming pretended to be ill and stay at home. After making sure Hao Yi had gone, he went to Hao Yi's house and tried to force Zheng Yi to give his elixir. Zheng Yi knew she couldn't defeat Peng Ming, so she drank the elixir immediately. The elixir made her fly higher and higher. In the end, she stopped on the moon. She became immortal. Hao Yi was very sad when he received the news. He came back home and moved the table under the moon, preparing some food on it. Zheng Yi could come back to stay with him. Since then, during the mid-autumn festival, people have offered lots of food to worship the moon. Okay. That's the story. Okay. Worshipping the moon, essentially. Happy Mid-Autumn Festival. Thank you for that beautiful story, Jack. What do you? What do we normally do, though? Like you said, we eat a lot of food. We eat mooncakes. It's just a good time, right? Like Mid-Autumn Festival, you gather the family. That's usually what you do, right? Yeah, but I feel like, you know, us coming to the West, it really dilutes it. Like, we don't get to eat a mid-autumn festival dinner anymore like it's not as common as in the in the east you know i live in the east i don't know in japan do they celebrate this it uh, wasn't a big it wasn't a big deal 
At least that, that's what I found. Taiwan's a bit different. So Taiwan, they actually barbecue on this day and eat pineapple cakes, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Asia, it's moon cakes and like, you know, family dinner. You know, in China. In China, like, right? In China, right? But unfortunately, you know, we come to the West, we get westernized. Dude, I wish I had a huge feast today. It was just a freaking normal dinner. There was no huge feast. I wish it was. But is it because but it just is it because it's it's a Tuesday, it's a work day? You know what I mean. Definitely, if it's it possible, is. you would want to keep the traditions alive. I, I get what you're trying to say. It's 100%. It's, it's just not as uh, as regarded as here, which you know, it is it is a Asian celebration. It, it makes sense. Um, but I think if if you're worried about that and what we can do as Asian diaspora as listeners of the podcast, I mean celebrate these events make an effort get some mooncake partake in the traditions and keep them alive keep them alive because like you said jack we're here in the west the home field advantage isn't here to celebrate yeah uh toronto is a very diverse and open open city right it's open place uh you can still celebrate maybe not to an extent if you're actually in asia but i think it it goes down to each and every one of us as diaspora Asian to celebrate and to make an effort to celebrate, which is, I think, very important as we as we continue to, to advance and if we continue to live in the West, we want to keep our traditions alive as well. A hundred percent, man. It's just, you know, it's because we don't get the time off like in Asia, because Asia, we get the time off, right? We, we, we It's like a holiday for us. But... You come back here, it's like, uh, just another typical work day. You know, I go to work, get off work, you know, just do our thing. But even I mean, my dad has I'm, work now. Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you can compare our lives to being in Asia, but at the end of the day, we have to understand the realities and make an effort. That's why it's even more so important to make an effort to partake in these traditions, to go out of your way. If we're really serious about keeping traditions alive, that's what we're going to have to do as as diaspora kids who aren't going to get hand fed the culture. Like it's not going to be like, yo, this is how it's done uh, in the street. You know, the streets are all paved. It's a public holiday. It's not done like that. So it really goes to show if you want to keep the tradition alive, not just Mid Autumn Festival, any any uh, cultural holiday, right? If you want to keep those traditions alive. It's gonna be more on us. Maybe take the day off if if you're that serious. Organize some events. You know, at the very least, get some mooncake and enjoy the traditions. That's why I think it's very important that we keep these traditional celebrations. Keep them alive. Keep them alive. And you know, I think I don't, I can't speak for you, but like I I would assume you would want your future generations to also celebrate Mid-Autumn Festival, to have a big dinner, uh, even though, you know, if you're still living in the West, it might not be easy to, but to go out of your way and celebrate, you know, get together and celebrate. 100%, 100%. You know, uh, when I had my own house, I actually want to invite, you know, some of your close friends to to you know mainly DIU team to have a feast together you know every year maybe one year at my house maybe one year at your house Gavin you know bring our kids if we have kids in the future you know we just can't do that because I have parents at home you know you know what I mean 
For sure, for sure. And moving forward in the future, it's it is gonna be up to us to keep the traditions alive because no one's no one else is gonna do it for you. If everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, another day, sure, you know, it's gonna die out. It's gonna die out. So I think it's a team effort. You know, like we all gotta do our part, and we can't just be chill about it. But yeah, you know, it'll come if it comes, because we don't want it to die. We don't want to die. We don't want it to die on the West. I'm not saying it would. You know, we're in a pretty diverse community, but it is uh it is something we have to kind of go out of our way to celebrate. Speaking of celebrating Asians, though, you finally watched Shang Chi. Yo, man, watched it last Wednesday. Thoughts? What are your thoughts, bro? First thing I thought of was like. You know, Leung Tsiwai, which is Tony Leung. His acting was suburb. Is that the right word? Superb, suburb. Yes, masterful. It was like like a god, like so a god. Good. Like I felt like his acting was way better than Simu. That's all I gotta say. Don't get me wrong, Simu's a good actor. He's the main character and everything. But Tony Leung, his acting was superb. His Son, the way he used his eyes for the show, the way he he acted was it just took over, man. Only learn too. I just fucking took over, bro. That's all I gotta say about that part. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of people, even people who didn't know Tony Leung, were like, "Yo, this this guy, this guy, he put on a, a fucking good performance," and it's it feels very good. That you know, he this Asian actor is getting the props that he deserves. He was a huge part of the movie, and played a very good like his his character was very relatable, very well acted. Like you said, definitely uh, was moved by his by his performance. Well, other other than that, you know, I felt like they did follow chance. I'm fat lie, dirty man. Why is that? She didn't give her that much camera time. Like, the mom. Fella, I felt about like the mom, she right? was You're talking the about mom. mom. Yes, she was. Yes. She was a way better actor than Aquafina, man. But you know, I don't know. I, I just think they done her dirty, man. Well, uh, her her character. But, I mean, like, fuck it. We're we're talking about it, spoiling it. If you haven't watched it yet, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't listen to this episode. Well, she dies early on, right? So that character, you know, a lot of movies use that like trope, like death early on to motivate or create change. I think she was used sparingly. I wouldn't say she done her dirty. She got, she got for a supporting character, got a decent amount of screen time. Great, great acting. Of course, you said you felt the movie did her dirty. Like what could it have done? Like not kill her off or something? Like what, what would you have wanted? Give her more of a background story. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. We would have liked to see her more. Uh, I think, I mean, we're in the, in the confines of a two-hour movie. It is, it is you know, some shit's going to have to get cut. But it's it's a fair point. Now, on DIU Pod, we always talk about Asian representation, especially in movies. Do you think this movie did a good job representing Asians or, I mean, if you want to be more specific, Chinese people? I felt like it did when, again, spoilers, 
I did. Like we, we, we only talked need, about a we normal only need live one spoiler Asian. warning. Don't don't worry. We only need one spoiler warning. You know, if, if they keep listening, it's 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 on them now. Go ahead. I felt like that them working as like you know those people that like go to hotels and stuff, and like what are those called? I don't know what they're called. Chauffeurs? No, those are drivers. No, they were. Uh, you mean Simu and Aquafina? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were the valet, the valet drivers. They parked the people's car. Exactly, valet drivers. So it's just it's so real. Like we you know we work normal jobs. We're not people like crazy rich Asians like every other crazy rich Asian you know I mean we're average Joes we we wake up in a small room like you know Simu you know we have parents that speak Chinese at home we speak English to them well I I specifically don't but we have friends that do right like they speak English to their parents and their parents would speak in Mandarin or or Cantonese depending what uh language Mm -hmm. they spoke in so you're you're Uh, referring to like it just the the backstory right It, it was very relatable at least to a lot of the diaspora talking about eating kanji, you know, in the morning for breakfast, um, kids exactly. are speaking English, exactly. very relatable scene, of course. And, and, mm-hmm. and like the scene where the mom was like, you know, we, we came here for you to have a better school and you're not using you to the full potential, whatever you fucking call it. Right. And then the grandma speaking in full Mandarin, you know, like, bro, that that's so relatable to us. Like, it, you know, it just, it's so real. Like, and then, like, obviously, it got to the unreal part where that he becomes a superhero. You know, my dream, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> We're big Marvel fans. This is, but this is the first time where, as an Asian cast in a Marvel movie, would you have ever thought in like a million years that this would ever happen? Like, think back to two thousand eight when Iron Man one came out, right? Like, would you have? ever thought this would have been possible asian cast in a marvel superhero movie no it's it you know i it was bound to come but i just know don't know when the reason i say that because you know shang chi is a comic mm-hmm. and all these marvel characters came from a comic book including shang chi so i would say no it was bound to come it was just a win Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you always anticipated, like, uh, you know, one day uh, there would be there would be an Asian movie. Because I I'm not a big comic guy. Like I like the Marvel movies, but I don't know the extended Marvel universe. So I don't know every random well not random but like every hero who are timeline, outside timeline, of the mainstream uh, hero exactly exactly. So I didn't know I didn't know there was a a Shang Chi comic book until when when the trailers were first being discussed so for me seeing this as like a marvel you know it's like two worlds combining you know asian identity and the the world of marvel which you know obviously we we know and love coming together i think has a real has a real impact we talk about the importance of representation with asian people on screen and you know that's all great and we've seen that rise of asian faces in Hollywood movies, which as a kid, we didn't see a lot, right? So I can only imagine, sorry, sorry, Jack, I can only imagine like how, you know, inspiring this could be to kids, Asian kids who are watching this in the theater and being like, yo, nothing is impossible. We out here, we on the screen. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. 
I, I also liked how they portrayed how the importance of family and that was done really well because as an Asian, we value family a lot. Value is like family is like top, right? In any mm-hmm. Asian family. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think they portrayed that very well. Even though, for example, I would say, you know, when Tony, you know, he, he wanted to stop his son, he never wanted to kill him, right? And right. like, he, like he knew he was the dad. His son knew he had to stop him. He had to do his job, whatever. But like, even in those parts, it showed how much they valued family, and it showed how much Tony Leung like valued his wife, right? For of course, chance. of course. Because yeah, he was and, he was the villain, but the reason why he was a villain was to bring back the wife and and to recreate that perfect family they had. It's so powerful. When, when you talk about like, yeah, if you look at it in the exterior, the family's broken as fuck, right? Like the, the, the son left, the daughter, the daughter left, the dad is sulking and hatching an evil plan because the mom died. And, and yeah, it's a, yeah, you see it's a broken family, but, but then they come back together, right? They come back together and it's a huge theme for especially for Asians not I mean for for everyone like any, everyone can relate to family and it's such a powerful theme I, I I would say like I don't want to offend anyone anyway but I would say Asians specifically Asians it doesn't matter East or South Asian whatever just Asians in general I think Asians value family much more than other ethnicities I would say I, I don't think uh, there's a they, I don't think there's a need to make that distinction I think anyone watching that movie can can and see like yo family this is what it's about right this is important this is what they're fighting for i don't think we need to make a distinction of saying oh we value family more because you know it it doesn't do anyone it doesn't do anyone good right sounds true but yeah overall like i i really enjoyed the movie i loved how as much as i would like the movie to be in cantonese slash english the mandarin slash english it was still really well done. It really showed the Mandarin aspect of the movie. I really like that. Uh, how it split the two languages. You know, it shows the Asian side. You know, like we we as diaspora Asians, we speak Mandarin at home, and it really showed that. It really showed they spoke Mandarin at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you haven't realized, yeah, but like when even when half the movie, half went the back movie was dad, was speaking Mandarin. Bro, even when Simu went back to Tony Leung, over 50% of the time, he spoke Mandarin to, to Tony. The only time that he couldn't speak Mandarin was like uh, when Akafina can't speak Mandarin. But even though it was funny, Yunhua, which is the, the general, one of the generals of the, of the army in, in like the, the secret village, whatever, right? The mythical he, army. He spoke Mandarin too, yeah. Yeah, he spoke Mandarin. It was so. They, I think they done him dirty as well. They kill him off so fast, bro. He came in, trained Aquafina for one day, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they did him fucking dirty, man. He was a legend in kung fu hustle, bro. <laughs> Prove me otherwise wrong, okay? Oh my god, they do everyone dirty. Bro, they, but we like the movie, but they you doing everyone dirty. You're doing everyone dirty. Bring them back. Collect, collect the infinity, collect, collect the infinity stones. Bring them back to life. I don't give a fuck. Sorry, that's right. But uh, overall, like I think Tony, they didn't do Tony dirty. They didn't do Tony dirty. I think t- Tony was good. Uh, also, I think why this was such well made and Mandarin and English and all the Asian aspect to it as a diaspora is because 
the director is Chinese. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you know. Okay. Or someone was Chinese. I remember that. Someone was Chinese. You know, Kyle here is saying that he's not Chinese. But someone there, I, someone that created this movie was Chinese. I don't remember who it was. But he was part of the, like, was Chinese to, 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 to do this movie. I remember that. But I don't remember who it was. As oh, Kyle okay. stated, I'm wrong. Just another thing to add, you know, like, three weeks in a row, it was uh, doing really well at the top of the box office for three straight weeks so far. So, really good movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to shout out you know the OG Shang Chi was the one, the guy from Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle represent. Go watch that if you want the real Kung Fu experience. Uh, what's Kyle saying? The, the, so Destin Daniel Cretton is the director, Japanese American guy. All right, all right. Anything else you want to talk about in this movie? What was your favorite scene? What was your favorite scene in the movie? How about you tell your favorite scene first? I need to think about it. The bus scene. The bus scene. That was such a exciting scene it was shot so well it was very engaging like this fucking guy is a valet and all of a sudden i mean he trained we as we know in the movie he trained his his whole childhood uh but he's kicking ass on the bus jumping hopping in and out of the bus moving the passengers to the front of the bus as it crashes like that was such an iconic scene i think it was just very well done very exciting that's my favorite scene I'm trying to think of my favorite scene, to be honest. I think my favorite scene was... I'm a, I'm a very emotional guy, okay? Uh, there was a couple of scenes I really liked. was when the mom, Father Chan, was fighting off the gang. And she died for mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good scene because it was very emotional. Right. And also the scene where, you know, when Tony... Uh, was getting his soul eaten by the soul eater and then he passed the rings down to Simu. I think to me that was also emotional. It showed that the first part with Fala, it showed that, you know, she would protect her family at no matter what cost. And it really touched me. And then the part where Tony Leon was like, you know, it was my mistake. He knew his, the moment like his eyes was like switched, you know, when he was getting soul eaten, his eyes switched and he was like it was my mistake and then like son you finish this off that's basically the message i got and then he passed the rings down to simu and i think that was really touching as well that's basically what every asian child wants their dad to say like you know you're you're all right you know you finish the job right some some approval it was it was the time when the dad finally gave the son approval and he gave him his most treasured items, the rings. And he's like, you got this, son. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of us, we, we can root for Simu in that case. Like, yo, he, he did it. His dad approved of him, you know. And I think that also leads to the, the emotion. But for sure, definitely. Very powerful movie. Go watch it if you haven't. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're still here. If you're still listening, you, you've seen it. We've kind of spoiled a lot of the movie. Nonetheless, go and watch it. Go and watch it twice if you want. I actually have one more favorite scene, okay? Okay. My favorite scene was when Tony Leung said, Bro, bro, he pulled out a fucking, like, like, what's that called? Uh, idiom. Okay, okay. Yeah, what does it mean for the listeners? Uh, I've 
I've eaten more salt than you have eaten rice. For the listeners that don't know, in a- as an Asian family, uh, at least Southern Asians, we eat a lot of rice. Basically, like, we eat my- rice almost every meal, every dinner at least minimum, right, Gavin? Correct me if I'm wrong. You already know. You already know. I try not to. And it's like salt is rice. <laughs> like salt Carbs. is like added to like our dishes, right? Salt yes. is added to our dishes. So, but salt is like so little compared to to rice. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. he says I've eaten more salt than you have eaten rice, it means like, dude, I've lived longer than you. I've ate more than you. I have more experience than you. So shut the fuck up, basically. Mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What then it translate like, to in English? Because it 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 wouldn't have translated to, I've eaten more salt than you you rice. Did you did you catch what it translated to in the subtitles? I didn't because I understand Mandarin, so I just watched the movie. I did not read the subtitles at all. Like I don't need the translations for that movie, so I I don't know. Because mm-hmm. there there was no there was no translation of saying you know i i eat more salt than rice i think it just said something like i've lived i've lived longer than you something like that probably something like that yeah all right but cool. it the was you know it was such an iconic scene that's what i gotta say man it was such an iconic scene no the, okay so cal is saying i lived a thousand lives or some shit yes he did say that but after he said the other line too so tony was like you know i've uh, he's like, he told him to beat Sway, you know, like, shut up. Like, I've lived 10 times more than you. And then he said, all sick, dollar is like fine. Or it's like, my, sorry. Right, but the the meaning is, is basically that, right? I live longer than you. Shut the fuck up. Right, that's essentially the meaning. Basically. Right. Basically, yeah. Like, I've lived 10,000 lives more than you, essentially. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Are we ready to move on? Let me see how we're doing with time. Okay, I'm gonna go with an I'm gonna go with an issue. Let me pick. I have a few. I'm just gonna go with one though. Since we're talking about Asian, the diaspora, might as well keep it in China with this week's issue. According to an article from Vice, China is banning written exams for young pupils. What this means is Chinese government is ordering schools to drastically cut the number of exams as part of the state's sweeping reform to ease the burden of students. You know what I'm talking about, Jack? Like, we, we always think about schools in Asia are very focused on tests. Testing will determine your life, essentially. So this new order saying, cut down on this shit. Cut down on written exams for young pupils. Primary school students should not be asked to take written exams in the first and second grades, while older pupils can be given only one exam at the end of every semester. Uh, The government said the goal is to take pressure off students, cut their parents' educational spending, and ensure children's healthy growth. Some analysts have said authorities also wanted to strengthen the dominance of public schools and encourage people to have more children. In addition, teachers should not rank students according to their test results, publicize test scores, arrange students' seats depending on scores, yada, yada, yada. The ministry also said 
Schools should adopt innovative ways such as artificial intelligence, big data, to assess students' performance in a wide range of areas such as sports, arts, and morality. Basically, less testing. Less testing for Chinese kids. I think uh, there's a correlation with uh, them saying that any kids under 15 cannot have tutors. Yes. So that's that was also a recent ban. Uh, in July, the government announced a ban on for-profit after-school tutoring, which helps students get ahead in subjects like mathematics, English. That's banned. So they're trying to basically reduce students' academic load, especially young students. On the other hand, the policy has seen backlash, has been met with backlash on the internet as people question if it will only make the lives of students, parents, and teachers more difficult given the intense competition to get back, uh, to get into better high schools and universities. China and other Asian countries have long used exams as a widely accepted and believed way that it's the most effective way that students have an understanding of classroom material. So it has been met with backlash saying, like, you know, what, what's going on, right? Why, why are we doing this? Is this the way to go, essentially? I want to hear some of your thoughts, Jack, on this exam-heavy education system. Do you think it really works? No, man. Like, I, I was a horrible student to do writing test. I wasn't, I was never good at it. I did well in assignments and presentations. You know, I feel like that it, it doesn't really do much to test. But uh, since we're, I want to get back on top of China, you do know that you do know why China's doing all this, right? What do you think? So there's actually it's not what I think; it's what I know. So China is like you know the, you know how we talked about they're banning games for an hour. This all has correlation, by the way. Last week we talked about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know how they're only allowed to game for one hour a week or one hour a day or some shit like that. Kids are not allowed to go to tutor before fifteen. Uh, now are telling me they're not doing tests or whatever. Right. The reason why China is doing all this is because they want them to have more kids. So if they don't right, go to tutor, right. they save money. They don't play as much games. They don't buy skins. They're saving more money. So they have that money to spend on having a new kid. The reason mm-hmm. why China is doing mm-hmm. that because their population is overpopulating. The old population is the baby boomer. My dad's generation is all dying, right? Not dying, sorry, getting old. And we, we, ha- we don't have enough support young support making that money pay taxes so they're trying to make the our generation millennials to have more babies is this a way to to counteract the one child policy which would have heavily fucked up the uh the reproduction rate exactly and those those are just steps they're taking they're just making so many changes in china right now it's not a joke it's like they're implementing so much laws they're implementing this they're implementing that they're just implementing so many shit to, to trying to increase the population. Well, do you think this is a good change for the young pupils of, of China? I don't know. Hard to say, man. Uh, to be honest, I don't know, man. I don't know. The thing when they make no tutors, right? Not all of us are born smart. You need to think about that, right? Like, yes, they're not doing testing, whatever, but they're going to test when they reach high school or whatever to get to university, correct? Right, right. Eventually, you're going to take a test. You're going to take a test eventually, right. yeah. So what China is doing right now is that they're trying to minimize testing, minimize tutoring. So they're, the, per, the people that are being born that are not smart, 
right? They're going to be using their born IQ to go to school, right? Because they don't have tutors. They actually have to work by themselves, no tutor, just like that. And that makes a lot of students might not be able to do well in school. If you think about well, it. I guess the argument Ex- is, you know, if you're not naturally gifted in education, you're not quote unquote naturally smart. Do you have any business trying to put that many hours in a school? I get there's a benefit. Like you want to go to the, the good school to get the good job, to get the money. I, I get it. I get it. But if you're not smart enough, let's just say naturally, is it a losing fight? To, to try to make your kid, to, to throw tons of money at tutors, to try to make them something they're not. You know what I'm saying? Well, if they pay money, they won't be a losing fight. Well, but... I mean, just because just you go to school doesn't mean you'll be smart, right? Like if, you, if, your, school, yeah, yeah, if yeah. your kid is not academically gifted, you're trying to throw school at them. They're just go to sleep in class. Like, you know, it's, you know it, it, well, it's not for the right reasons, right? They're trying to balance out more equality because, like, if no one goes to tutor, the rich kids and the poor kids will, mm-hmm. you know, be in the same in theory, playing field. It's a, right? in, theory, it's a, in theory, it's a it's an equal playing field. Yeah. So if you're not smart, but you're also poor, then you're fucked. Yes. Right? I mean, uh, anywhere, anywhere in the world, right? If you're not yeah, smart so, and you're not rich, you know, good luck. But they're also. They're also, what they're doing is that they're trying to, because a lot of people, it's just like the West right now, a lot of people is, you know, going to school and then we'll start working in big companies. Not many people are going back to the industrial uh, factory work. So they're losing their uh, manufacturing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. population. Is how it yes. So I mean, that's the reason why they're also doing this. I would assume automation would be a huge part of it as well. I mean, think five, 10 years down the, down the line, Will we even need? Will China even need factory workers if they got robot arms building our iPhones? Like, because if you look at it from the futuristic trend, yeah, if if you're not educated, there's gonna be a type of job you can do, right? But if we're talking about those factory jobs, manufacturing jobs, it's it's safe to say they'll all be gone within five to ten years, or most of them. There always need to be people, I assume, but. Most of those jobs will be gone, I'm pretty sure replaced by by robotics. It's an interesting point. Uh, like I, I, re- I really do wonder if this will have a benefit or if this will hinder. Because from my understanding, Asian countries often lead the world in intelligence, in IQ scores. I don't think it's a stretch to say the strict style of learning correlates to a high... They're high IQ scores. I don't know if it's a stretch to say, but I think it's, it is somewhat related. Generally speaking, you know, countries with the highest IQs, talking about places in, in Asia. As we all know, these are places with high emphasis on tests. You know, something might be going right. If they're doing like hours of tutoring and they have the highest IQ, that is not a simple, but that's a, that's a correlation, you know what I'm saying? So the, the real question is whether or not getting rid of these exams is beneficial. I, I personally think it's good for the kids because, I mean, you're a kid. Let them grow. Um, but then some of the internet critics, so I don't know how credible these might be, but some of the internet critics are saying, 
are against are against this. Like some people say, for example, primary school is for laying the foundation. Uh, one Weibo user commented, "If children cannot learn and get used to written tests at this time, and are not able to catch up later, whose responsibility is that?" Another person commented, "If a child cannot cope with exam rankings, how do they cope with tougher challenges in life?" So the counter argument seems to be that yes, exams are hard, but they build character. Man, I don't know. I don't like it. Like when I was teaching in in Taiwan, I like kids will compare marks so much, and I'm like, bro, don't compare the marks. Man,、mm-hmm. doesn't like I didn't say that to him, but like I'm rolling my eyes because obviously as a teacher, I have to give them tests. It's part of the curriculum, but if it were up to you, you wouldn't do it, right? No, I if I had the choice, I wouldn't. But. You know, we're, we're we're teachers. We have to follow the curriculum, and I feel like that's the same way in in Asia, man. They they have to follow curriculum. I I, I guess if there's no test, they'll become more like soft, like us Canadians, because we always get made of made fun of for being soft. To like, if we go back to Asia, our parents call us soft compared to kids that are born in Asia. I don't know if you know soft, that. Soft in what way? Like, like you're gonna be eating alive there. No, just alive, like I don't follow. You know how, like in Asia, it's like a dog eat dog world. If you don't do well in school, you get overthrown by someone else that does smarter than you, right?、Mm-hmm. Okay, I see, I see. So, like in Canada, we have such a lax life. It's not really a dog eat dog world for us specifically.、Yeah. Like we go to school,、yeah. we don't have to fight for like everything. But in China, is different. In right, China, the their grades are, so are literally posted for everyone. Like this fucking guy is that is number one student. This guy's number two. Think、exactly. about it like that. You know, that's that is a dog eat dog world. That's competitive as hell. I don't know if I would want to be raised in that situation though, right? Because it is it is gonna be crazy. You're gonna grow up with that mentality, like yo, I gotta be better than you. I gotta be better than you. Sure, that might lead to positive results. You might be successful in business and career, but damn, you know, at what cost, right? You're you're fucking sav.、Uh, not to say everyone in China is a sav, but I think. It's an environment which makes you want to be aggressive. I I guess that's what it means、uh, when you're saying you're gonna get eaten alive. You know, if if us diaspora kids go to the Asian school system for some reason, right? Is that what you're talking about?、Mm-hmm. One last thing. So I mean, at the end of the day, what what do you think? Is it gonna fuck everyone up? Like, if if we're quote unquote soft, China gets rid of these written tests. Do you think that's gonna fuck up? Like like. The toughness or the strength of of the future generations in China, NGL. I think it's gonna, it, it's bound to happen. I guess they, you got to look at it like this: like, do do you want more people? Do you want to raise your population, or do you want to keep the population as is? Maybe, but at least people have a higher IQ, right? It's if if I were to simplify the issue, that's what it would be. Like, do you do you tell them kids to chill out? Maybe they're not as smart. Maybe they don't have. Maybe their IQs aren't as high, but they're trying to promote, you know, more childbirth. It's it's it's, 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 it's know, a gamble, right? That's like you know, Full Metal Alchemist taught us. It's always <laughs> equivalent teach- exchange. Equivalent exchange. Everything is equivalent school, exchange. You you get more kids. Exactly. Everything's equivalent exchange. As a、uh, if, if Full Metal Alchemist taught me anything, bro. There you fucking go. There you go. Anything else you want to add? Uh no, that's it for this topic, bro. Beautiful, listeners. I want to hear your comments as well. What do you think about this? Uh, are you are you for those hardcore written exams? Or are you more of a laid back person? Would love to hear what you think in the comments. Okay, Jack. Let's move on.
to the next segment. Now, I'm hoping for a, a mid-autumn festival focused Cantonese corner. Is that what we're going to get? What are we, what are we going to get today? You'll see. You'll see, bro. Okay, that's a no then. All right. Okay, so the first word is Zhong uh, Chao Ji. All right, there we go. Okay. Zhong Chao Ji is a mid-autumn festival. And then I have Zhong Chao Ji Fai Law. You know, Gavin, Zhong Chao Ji Fai Law. Happy, Happy Mid Autumn Festival. Festival. Yes. Yeah. That's the that's the greeting, uh, right? That's the greeting you say yeah. for Mid Autumn yeah. Festival. Uh, next one you have is a uh, Tong, which means mm-hmm. traditional. Uh, next one you have is Yu Bang. Yu Bang is mooncakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Bing Pei Yu Bang, the snow mooncakes, the ice mooncakes. I think it's called in English. It's a different like the one you put like in the texture, right? It's a different texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the one you put in the freezer. It's the one you put in the freezer. Okay, yeah. And then uh, next one you have is uh, Songhei. That's Shang-Chi. Songhei. Songhei. Okay, yeah. Uh, and okay. then you have So that's I eat salt more than you eaten rice. Mm-hmm. I've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice. Shut the fuck up. Right? Basically. Basically. basically, basically. Can you repeat the words for us? Zhong Chao Zi. Zhong Alright, thank you very much, Jack, for another exciting Cantonese corner listeners if you enjoyed this episode feel free to leave a comment on the website www.diupod.com you can also get in touch with the show through email diupodcast at gmail.com if you want to support the show leave us a tip diupod.com slash beer and you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter what else is there? am I missing anything? let us know what you think did you watch Shang-Chi? Donate, donate. did you like it? Yeah, donate. Beer. I don't think I said You're that. You're not already. telling them. Didn't tell where, you know? Yeah, beer. Uh, where? Where? Bro, are, are, are you listening? Yeah, you pod. Bro, are you listening to what I'm saying? You're zoning over. Yes, over I here. am, bro. Yeah, okay. If I, so if I play this back, you're not going to hear that I said slash beer, right? All right. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I'll say it again. DAUpod.com slash beer if you want to donate. We would appreciate any donations. Let us know in the comments what you think. Did you watch Shang-Chi? Are you celebrating Mid-Autumn Festival? What do you think about these new uh, rules in China? Get in touch with the show. We would love to hear from you. Take us away, Jack. Thank you for listening. Until next time on D.I.U. Podcast. What kind of mooncake do you like? What's your what's your favorite mooncake? Yo, why do you think I have Bing Pei Yu Bang here, man? Because that's my that's favorite. your favorite. That's your favorite one. How do you say the one with the the salty egg yolk? That's my favorite one. Like the salty, get the salty egg yolk. Fuck it, get two, get two salty salty egg yolks. I don't give a fuck how much cholesterol there is. I'm eating this once a year. Get me that. I think it's get me Se- that mooncake with two. I think it's salty Se- Wong. Se- Wong. I think it's Se- Wong. Double yolk so. mooncake. 
something like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm trying to eat. None of this no yolk. None of this one yolk. You know, one yolk I'll take it, sure. But give me that two yolk.